Alrighty, hello everyone, and welcome back to Reformed Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. My name is Bruce Johnson. I am joined today, as always, by my brother Jacob Johnson. Hello, everybody. He is in Pennsylvania. I am in the state of South Dakota, and you are joining us from a place in the world. We would love to hear what that place is. Send us an email at trdshow at protonmail.com. Again, trdshow, that's the Reform Dissenters, trdshow at protonmail.com. Tell us where you're from. Tell us how long you've been listening. Tell us what you enjoy or don't enjoy about our show. We really just want to hear from our audience. Send us an email. Also, check out our show website, which is at trdshow.net. We have a ton of stuff, a ton of resources, a list of links to all of the many platforms that we are on on that site. So you definitely want to check that out. Um, we also... We'll be talking about, uh, let's see, before, actually, before I get into what we're, I have to mention, we also have a newsletter because I keep mentioning that and we're not getting a ton of people signing up for it. So you should really do that if you want to stay up to date on some of our uh, episodes and we put a lot of, a lot of different things in there. So a lot of different quotes and just our mom does a wonderful job putting that together. So check it out, trdshow.net slash newsletter. We've just got a ton of stuff there, and we would hate for you to miss out and not sign up on that, not sign up for that. So, uh, all right. So today we're going to be getting into current events. We're just kind of, kind of just jumping in. Uh, we've got a ton of stuff to talk about. Um, basically, I'm going to be talking about education for my whole segment today, and. I mean, my whole segment, I'm going to be talking so much about education and Christian education and homeschooling. You're going to be sick of my voice by the end of this episode, but I've had some discussions recently online in person with a lot of Christians, and I'm realizing that we don't talk about this nearly enough. So we're going to talk a lot about this, and hopefully this will be an episode you can share with people when they start having some really weird ideas about Christian education. What are you going to be talking about, Jake? I'm going to be talking about men and the laziness of men specifically, um, of our current culture in our current culture, trying to push laziness onto men. Uh, okay. It's a natural, just natural reaction of men to want to be lazy. And it's a natural reaction yeah. of everybody to want to be lazy. But the talking about how our culture is trying to push that onto men to break down the, the roles of men and women. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Well, I cannot wait to hear about that and uh, your refutation of that as well. So before we get into all of those cultural topics, talk about current events from a biblical perspective. Also, hey, notice it's Monday, so that means tie day. Ha <laughs> um, It's always just fun too to bad, Too bad you can't that. see our ties, really. Yeah, they're behind our microphones, so it does make it very hard. But there we go. I'll just lean over. Boom. We're, we're wearing it. Yeah. And it's, it's cold here in South Dakota. Well, sort of cold-ish. So, yes, I'm wearing a sweater as well. So, there's that. Um, yeah, so, uh, before we get into all of that stuff, though, we have to talk about our verse of the week. And as always, it's kind of verses of the week. Uh, but our verse this week is Hebrews chapter 10, verses 35 through 36. And they say, Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. And again, that was Hebrews chapter 10, verses 35 through 36. So um, I'm going to break this down a little bit. But before I do, I actually want to 
kind of bring up another verse that I think relates really well to this. And it's actually six verses, um, another passage, um, because it kind of states the same thing in a slightly different way. And I don't think I could say it any better than this. So <laughs> it is the word of God after all. So I'm going to read 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 4 through 10, which says, But as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way, by great endurance in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love by truthful speech and the power of God with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and the left through honor and dishonor through slander and praise. We are treated as impostors and yet are true as unknown and yet well-known as dying and behold, we live as punished and yet not killed as sorrowful yet always rejoicing as poor yet making many rich as nothing yet possessing everything. And so that was, again, 2 Corinthians 6, 4 through 10. There are, there's so much in both of these passages. I'll leave it to you to do a little more in-depth study into them. But I wanted to link them together <clears throat> because I think they're talking about the same thing. And the overarching theme here is confidence and getting to work and not getting depressed with the amount of work that's left to do. You know, Hebrews 10 is talking about don't throw away your confidence. And it connects that to a great reward. It says, don't throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. And then if you have need of endurance, so that uh, for, we, we have need of endurance for you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. So what we're doing here is we should be asking God for endurance. We should be holding on to the confidence we find in Christ so that we can do the will of God, so that we can get to work in our societies, get to work in our families, get to work in our churches, and then eventually get to work in our civil governments. Um, and it, it, you know, here in Hebrews is talking about when you have done the will of God, you will receive what is promised. And that's not easy, right? That's not something that just comes naturally that we just do and it's it's like simple yeah all right i'll go out tomorrow and do the will of god boom done woohoo right uh check that off the list right it's not and that it's not an easy thing to do but we're called to do it nonetheless and second corinthians 6 talks more about the dichotomy between how the world treats us those who are of the world those who are uh fools by a biblical definition how they'll treat us and look at us i mean it talks about um slander we're we're that we're gonna receive slander uh but we're also gonna receive praise it says we're treated as imposters and yet we know we're true um we're treated as if we're unknown and yet we're well known uh we're treated as if we're dying and behold we live we're treated as punished and yet not killed as sorrowful yet we're always rejoicing as poor yet we make many rich, many people rich, as having nothing, yet we possess everything in Christ because all the treasures of knowledge are hidden in him, right? So this is the dichotomy between how the world sees us. And this is not something new, which should comfort us, right? This is something that's been going on for at least 2,000 years. We know it's been going on since the beginning of, of time, right? Since, uh, since the fall of man. The world wants to put us down, but we can't let it. That's what our Hebrew, Hebrews passage is talking about. Don't throw away your confidence. 
Keep working out the will of God. Keep working for that. Stand strong. And yes, no, these things are going to happen, but per, but keep persevering through it. If they're happening to you, that probably means you're on the right path. If you're doing these things in the name of Christ. Yep. All right. So that's kind of my my breakdown of this verse. And hopefully you all will do some more research into that 2 Corinthians 6, 4 through 10 passage, because I think that there's so much there to really study. There's so much application there, and especially that last verse. That last verse is just probably one of my favorites. We are treated as if we have nothing, yet we possess everything in Christ, which is so important to remember. We don't have nothing. We literally have everything we need to succeed because all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. How can we fail? All right. So with that said, let's get into our current events. And as always, Jake, I'll pass it over to you. All righty. Yeah. Um, so my first article, well, actually my first and only article, I'm probably going to be going through this quite quickly because I know Bruce has a lot. So I'll give him I do. Thank more you. time. <laughs> uh, I did have some more articles on this, but I didn't have the time to try and link them all in, and especially with how much time frame I have, it's probably wouldn't have led to a shorter discussion here. But my first and only article, uh, the title states, Inside New York City's Migrant Tent City, Free Meals, Fluff and Fold Laundry, TV, and even Xbox. Uh, okay, New wow, York there's City. just there's so much there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Migrant um, Tent City. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, New York City, right, as it's saying, New York City is setting up these migrant tents that provide all the essential needs, and more, for immigrants. The and more part is all those un not necessities, these are just Extras. niceties. Yeah. Um, and here's a quote directly from the article. It says, an initial wave of 500 single men is slated to start moving in on Wednesday after arriving from Texas at the Port Authority bus terminal in Midtown Manhattan. First of well, all, this odd. ties yeah, this ties back to um what went on before where Texas and Florida and all these these states down by the border are sending all of their um immigrants up to other states to try and have them deal with them. Uh cuz it's just getting too filled down there. Uh, but I think what's interesting here is that it's for single men, yeah, specifically men. Uh, now, right, this all might all seem nice, you know, very humanitarian of this uh of this mayor to be setting up these uh these migrant tents. But this is a bigger problem than what I think most Christians would realize. Um. This migrant housing tent has catered itself to men and men specifically. But why is there why are there no women coming over the border? Why why is this making it seem like there are no women coming over the border? Why aren't they taking care of women immigrants? To which I went and went and looked to find out how many immigrants were coming over the border, and there are over two million immigrants that I think came over in the last in the last fiscal year. Wow. Uh, so I think that was like 2021 or somewhere about there. But over wow. this certain period of time, there's 2 million immigrants coming over. Whew. So what happened to all the women? Why aren't they taking care of women immigrants? 
Yeah. Uh, and I think because this speaks to a larger problem. Like most things the left does, they are creating problems so they can fix them later. And what I mean by fix them is use the opportunity to institute the devil's authority. Uh, these tents, right? These tents create laziness, right? Mm. Instead of helping very capable men find jobs, they're letting them stay indefinitely. And this is the article does state that, that yes, they put a time frame of four days that they stay in these tents, but all of the management says, yeah, but we're never going to hold anybody to that. Ah, wow. Uh, so they can stay there basically indefinitely in these tents with all the essentials and some nice things that they don't have to pay for. They don't have to pay for this. Wow. They don't have to do anything. They get all these free meals. Not, uh, Yeah, they get all this stuff. And not to mention, this is now causing a lot more money for the taxpayers. Because now yeah. they have to pay for all these people. But also, like, all these men could be getting jobs. Especially men. Hmm. Now, we could kind of understand women, right, in this case. Because they're typically not a... They're not typically not out in the workforce. At least in a kind of biblical society. Yeah. But these are very capable men of getting jobs who should be getting jobs and this these tents these people who are doing this instead of making their humanitarian act giving these people free hops in a cot in a <laughs> in a place to play video games all day um they should be helping them they should be doing the real humanitarian work and helping them get jobs yeah uh these men with would obviously choose to sit down all day playing games getting free food with no end in sight then choose to work hard finding a job. Yeah. And and then we wa wonder why so many employers can't find workers. Huh. We wonder why yep. we have such a shortage <clears throat> of workers. Yeah. It honestly seems like the question is, and these people have decided wrongly, you have two decisions here. One, do you want to give them food for a day? Or two, do you want to teach them how to fish? Do you want to teach them how to work yeah. so that they can feed themselves for life? Seemingly, the decision they've made is, nah, we just want them to be reliant on us. Yeah. And honestly, that works out well for them because now they can just get them to vote however they want because they're beholden to that upper class of people for their food, for their comfort, for everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like what... I'll, I'll be getting into in a second. I don't want to cut you off, but uh, what I'll be getting into a se into a second, which is the government schools are a drug. And now that the people are hooked, they've basically set it up so that they don't want to shut them down because their comfort means too much to them. And so they get to keep collecting their children, their weapons, their arrows, our arrows, collecting our weapons and pointing them back at us. It's despicable what's being done, but it's the exact same thing. Get people hooked on comfort. It's like a drug. That's why the civil government should never have had this power. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much for breaking that down, Jake. Um, mm -hmm. Anything else you wanted to add? Sorry, I don't want to cut you off. No, that was it. Go ahead. Okay, cool. Hopefully you have enough yeah. time. 
I do. Yes. So I'll see if I can speed read some of this. Yeah, that's that's a fascinating topic, though. And that article will be in the description below. And I'm sure you can all draw some other conclusions from that as well. And send them to trdshow at protonmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. So education. Here we go. This is my education rant. 15-minute rant from Bruce Johnson on education today. Here we go. Education is one of the top issues today, but not in the way that most people think. The problem is that far too many freedom-loving people, and I put that in quotes, freedom, they claim to be freedom-loving people, think it's perfectly fine for the civil government to teach their children. It's utter insanity. Not only is it impossible for Christians to believe this today, the fact of the matter is that it's always been impossible. It has always and will always be impossible for Christians to believe that the government can train their children, the civil government. Like many other people groups, Christians bought into the lie that it's perfectly fine to mess with God's order for society. And now we're living with the repercussions of their folly. So they thought, hey, you know what? I know God told us to structure things a certain way, but yeah, we don't really need to follow that, do we? I mean, think of all the comfort we could get if we send our children to the government instead of doing what God has told us to do, which is to train them ourselves in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. The modern government school drug is off limits for Christians. That's kind of one of my headlines today. Well, it's not a headline, but it's attached to a headline. This is kind of my my heading for this section is that the modern government school, A, is a drug, and B, it's off limits for followers of Christ. You cannot do this to your children and still claim to be a follower of Christ. That That's just, it's completely backwards for you to do that. Government schools are a drug. Until we realize that, our kingdom work will be severely hampered. Severely. They offer you free, which I think we all know they're not free. So I don't really think I need to sit here at this point and make that make that point. I think we all get the assertion that they're not free. Okay. They offer you free comfort and allow mothers to pretend to be men by seeking first a career goal rather than the well-being of their children, spiritually, mentally, and academically. Parent mothers are not doing this anymore. Feminism has come full swing. And if, if people claim to be against feminism and then send their children to the government school so that their wife can get a job, you're a feminist. That is exactly feminism. You are making that your wife, that woman, to be a man. And... It, it's it's disgusting to see that this has been like ev almost everyone now in our society accepts this as just eh, it's just part of life. The disastrous effects, the disastrous effects of government schools on our nation and so many other nations cannot be overstated. And I, I know we've made this point time after time, episode after episode on this show, but I honestly don't think it can be made enough until our society gets a grip until Christians get a grip on their own children and understand that they cannot do this, send their children to the wicked, and then act surprised when, oh, weird, they start acting like the wicked. That's just, that's really strange. I don't know why would they do that. Or they're Christian, but they are ineffective to the kingdom. Yes, they're saved, but they're not working because they don't know how to work. They don't have a Christian worldview because their parents ripped it from them at a very young age. So my headline attached to this is, um, I think makes my point 
fairly clearly. But the headline is, Parents Cannot De Dictate What Their Children Are Taught. And that is a quote from school board's lawyer, uh, actually from a, a New Jersey school board. And the, the rest of the headline is, School board's lawyer says parents are outraged over district's transgender policy. Um, and the lawyer says parents can choose to have your child attend somewhere else. So, end quote. Sorry, the headline is like trying to condense a lot of information. And I wasn't quite sure how to read that. It's, like, it's a little confusing. But anyways, <laughs> it's not really what it says. The whole point here is that uh, this school board lawyer is saying, okay, parents, if you're outraged over uh, your children being taught uh, LGBTQ uh, ideologies, then you can just go somewhere else. Just do some something else with your children. And to that I say... Yes, thank goodness. Yes, please, yeah, please, exactly. please do that. That's wonderful. I'm so glad this lawyer is saying that. You should. Yeah, exactly. Homeschool. <laughs> homeschool your children, like the Bible says. Uh, because, a school board. Because what, because what school board isn't teaching transgender? Design? Right, exactly. Exactly. Or something that will lead to transgenderism every yeah. time. Yeah. Um, so some of the facts, a school board in New Jersey apparently told parents that it is not the right of the parents to determine the curriculum taught to their children at public schools. So that's not a right anymore that parents get to have is to tell schools, the institutions that are training their children, the parents have apparently lost the right to tell those schools what they can and can't tell their children. You give them to the government in the first place. If the civil government, if you willingly hand them to the civil government and they have control of your children, you've given up your right to their education. So congratulations. Good on you. Uh, you bought the lie. Uh, according to the article, parents confronted, and this is a quote from the article, parents confronted the district about encouraging fourth grade students to question their gender with a lesson on the gender snow person. Yep, that's a thing. Students are asked to participate in a game where they can pretend to be any gender they choose. Resident Anna Samuel spoke during the board meeting and said that she believes the district's lesson strongly encourages children to question their gender and moves them toward the slippery slope of transgender treatment plans. This is happening. This is what they've always planned to do this is where it would always go when we thought we could be neutral when we didn't think the government schools first of all we thought they were a good idea to, to allow the government to train children and second of all we didn't think they had to be explicitly christian and we thought ah, eh, we can just melt a whole bunch of ideologies in there and hope something goes right what could possibly go wrong right and this all seems horrible this transgender garbage lgbt garbage that the school telling parents they don't control their kids education anymore seems horrible and and it is it is horrible we're not denying that fact right but it's merely a symptom of what's been going on in government schools for a little over a century now education is so much more than just random disconnected neutral facts that's not what education is. That's actually not even possible for education to be a chain of random, disconnected, neutral facts. Because neutrality is impossible. Matthew 12, verse 30. So that's not education. To produce Christian children, parents must give them a Christian 
education. I know it's really weird. It's a crazy thought to think that if you want Christian children, you have to train them in Christianity. I know my mind was blown too when I put this together and did some studying and realized that, oh, it doesn't just magically happen overnight. That's that's mm. so weird. It's almost like the Bible's told us a million times to train our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord because our natural tendency is not towards that. Our natural tendency is towards sin. I think all these parents who claim to believe in total depravity miss the point and think, I'll just send them into the government schools and then try and unlearn, uh, unteach them everything at night. When you know as children they're going to tend towards the evil in those schools. It's a fact of human nature now, unfortunately. So to produce Christian children, parents must give them a Christian education. You cannot produce solidly kingdom-oriented children by sending them to the wicked to be trained. Uh, we talked a lot about that on our show uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, um, when we had our guest on talking about Christian education. And that was, um, yeah. the name escapes me right now. Why Nick, am I blank? Nick Charlton. Thank you, Nick Charlton. Yes. Yeah, that was yep. a wonderful conversation. Um, and, you know, he brought up Luke chapter 6, verse 20, which says, everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. So we've established there's no neutrality. We've established that to have Christian, Christian, uh, Christian kingdom-oriented children, we have to train them to be Christian, kingdom-oriented children. That doesn't just happen overnight. And it's entirely unacceptable for Christian, Bible-believing parents to sacrifice their children to modern government indoctrination centers. The list of reasons goes on and on ad infinitum. There are so many, and we've talked about them, honestly, since the beginning of this show. I mean, last November, I think we went through uh, Bradley Heath's book, Stumbling Stones, or uh, why am I remember? I'm forgetting the name right now. There it is. I'm really tired today. <laughs> Thank you. At least I remember the author. So there's that. Um, but he, you know, he he brought up the excellent point that government schools are not failing; they're succeeding at what they were originally intended to do, which is to indoctrinate children and produce factory workers who did as they are told. And it just so happens in our modern post-truth society, as Andrew Torba talks about he defines it as post-truth um and we'll get into that on wednesday the people that all of these factory workers are following now are the secularists are the ones who want to destroy any concept of morality and christian uh, uh ethics in our nation christian principles so um and there's so many reasons, and the list goes on, and we've talked about this a lot. So I'm kind of glossing over some things, and some of you might be like, well, why don't you bring this up or talk about this facet? There's so many facets to this. I'm trying to get through as many of them as I can in the short amount of time I have. So there's bear with only, me. Uh, there's only 30 minutes in 30 minutes. So Exactly. <laughs> yes, right. Astutely stated, Jacob. Um, yes. So, yeah, but we'd love to hear. If you have additional reasons, send them to trdshow at protonmail.com. We would love to hear those from you. Um, we always love it when people give us additional reasons to not send children to the government to be trained. We think those are wonderful people. So thank you to all those that have already done it. And if you have more ideas, send them our way. Government schools. This is my second headline. And I only have a few minutes left. So this is my second header. So I'll get through this really quickly. Government schools have never, have never been an acceptable compromise. Government schools 
have never been an acceptable compromise. The duties of the civil government are summed up in the description of it being the justice division of society with limited roles of defense. That's what we always say when we're asked, well, what do you think the civil government should be doing? They're the justice division of society with limited roles of defense. That's what they do. That's the abilities and responsibilities that they have. This definition can be derived. Where, where do we get this definition from? We de we're deriving this definition from an examination of Old Testament judicial laws and passages in the New Testament that summarize these laws. So look at Romans chapter 13 as an example. It summarizes the Old Testament law. It doesn't replace it. It doesn't augment it. It summarizes the Old Testament law, just like the Ten Commandments summarize Old Testament law as well. Whatever duties and functions are left in society must then necessarily be passed to the other governments. I mean, that just makes sense logically, right? Society is a very big, complicated, complex thing. It's a complicated machine that God has created. And if we think as humans that, A, the word of God doesn't apply to all areas of life and doesn't have something to say about all areas of life, and B, God forgot something, or God somehow neglected to account for certain aspects of society, then we don't understand the God we worship. He has given us outlines for every area of society, and we need to study that. So what we can ascertain from scriptures about the uh, about these areas of society is that the civil government is not the education department of society. It's the justice division, and it accounts for limited roles of defense. So throughout scripture, we find calls for parents to be the education educators of their own children. I know it's a crazy thought. Bear with me, okay? I have a huge list of verses, and there are so many more. But let me, I'm going to list all these out. And by the end, you can um, tell me if, uh, if we're wrong. So here we go. Genesis chapter 18, verse 19. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 7 and 11, 19. Proverbs 22, verse 6 and 29, verse 15. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. Psalms chapter 1, verse 27 verses 3 through 5. Sorry, it's Psalms chapter 127, verses 3 through 5. Joel chapter 1, verse 3, 2 Timothy 3, 15, and Titus 2, 4 through 5, just to name a few. There's so many others, and if you'd like more, send us an email, because I'd love to send them your way. But the Bible talks about specifically parents being the educators and trainers of their own children, giving them a Christian worldview. Now, does this mean that exclusively if you have a, a tutor that you hire, that's wrong? No, not at all, not in the least. But the primary um, provider of a worldview to the children should be the parents. Um, that passage in Deuteronomy 6 through 7, or chapter 6, verse 7, really brings that out, talking about giving your children a Christian worldview. It's vitally important. When families abdicate their God-given responsibilities in training their own children, bad things happen. And we're seeing that today. That's my rant. That's my position, our position, I hope. And hopefully, it's your position. If you disagree or you agree, send us an email at trdshow@protonmail.com. All right. Anything you'd like to add, Jake, before we wrap up? Nothing I could say in a short span of time that we got that's left. So okay, 
Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you for your research and for delving into some of those things. We are uh, so thankful that you tuned in and listened to us or watched us today. Don't forget, go to trdshow.net. Check out our show website. we got all sorts of cool stuff on there. Don't forget, also hit the subscribe button, like button, all the things that lets us know you enjoyed this content you're watching, and um, it really helps the show to grow. And again, thanks so much for watching or listening. And remember, everyone, in all that you do, do it as unto the Lord.